Through the Anapa Redemptive Community, Lakeland has been providing beans and rice to about 50 families in Anapa, Mexico. Anapa is a community just across the border uh, on the outskirts of Juarez. These are families who generally would only have one meal a day if Lakeland wasn't doing something. The other thing the Redemptive Community has been working on is a library. This year we expanded the library, we doubled its size. While we were visiting, we got to see the kids running around and learning. We got to see the moms practicing their reading so that they can help their kids with their homework. Over the last six years, Lakeland has made sure that 50 families are fed monthly. The elderly people have blankets and heaters in their homes in the wintertime. We built a library. We filled it with thousands of books. We've built an expansion to the library where kids are getting tutoring every Saturday. It's unbelievable what God has done through Lakeland. Thank you. As a mom of kids K through four, I really am grateful for Lakeland's support and investment in them and their church experience. They need to hear uh, my voice and Tony's voice and our family's voice, but they need a periphery of villagers that also care about their well-being spiritually. They've asked really deep questions when they're not asking. I've actually seen my kids stop and pray. As a mom, that's all you can really hope for your child. I mean, I'm still learning that. I've got more years on this than they do, so. In the 2020 financial challenge, Lakeland wants to remodel and revamp the campfire space for children's K through four, much like they did in the youth space. And I think that would be a great opportunity to invest in our future, our kids' future. I'm just grateful for Lakeland and my kids' life. The Hope Center has the Hope Leadership Academy. They have a medical clinic. They have a charter school. They're working to grow a sustainable, healthy community in an impressed environment where there is very little hope. And the Eastland Project started when the Hope Center needed people to help mow lots in the inner city, and that grew into the Eastland House, where we purchased a house in the inner city, and that has changed into partnering with the Hope Center to help re-neighbor the inner city. We own a 4,500-square-foot home at Linwood and Benton, and we've completely gutted this brick row home and have begun putting in the new subfloor, studying out new walls. We're about to put in new electrical, uh, plumbing, HVAC, sheetrock, paint, trim, carpet, flooring, and hopefully house some interns from the Hope Center there. Thank you, Lakeland, for all you've done to help make this possible. Um, I hope you will continue to see this vision and, and see this to completion. In 2006, I piled into an SUV in a remote part of China with Charlie Belt, and thrown in the back seat of the uh, SUV there were two young men. One of them was uh, Jack Leo. Since that time, he's uh, become a pastor, become ordained, and he has um, started and developed multiple training centers in uh, the underground persecuted house church in China. These days, he's in a really an unheard of town in China, gathering young 19-year-olds around him and training them in the Bible and teaching them English. It's good for Lakeland to go outside of its property, to think differently about who is a Christian, who is my brother and sister in Christ, and what can we do to support other Christians around the world. As a pastor told me years ago up in Vancouver who was Chinese, he said, there are those who preach the gospel and there are those who fund the gospel. 
And, uh, and then he looked at me and he said, do you know Chinese? I said, no, I don't. And I think at that point I knew exactly what Lakeland's role would be is that we're going to be funding the gospel. If you can't speak Chinese, then you better go fund the gospel. And so that's what we've really been doing. We're deep in all the way and would love to have you come do one of these trips as well. Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Dan, and it is an exciting morning. It's a feast day in the church because it's All Saints Day, and that's why we have On the Border coming free and all that. That's going to be fun. Uh, So it's a party day. It's good. It's also a serious day because, once again, we reestablish our identity as a church. What kind of people are we? If you're this your first time or you're new around here or whatever, you'd be like, oh, yeah. I got a good whiff of these folks this Sunday, so it's good. Uh, that's a good thing. So uh, I want to, uh, so some of these things are really cool, and we'll talk about them here in just a little bit more. But the one we're focusing on today is Anapra outside uh, Juarez, Mexico. And so we have very special guests with us, Estela Huerte and Katie Schultz are going to come up, and I'd like to ask them a couple of questions. Come on up, guys. Get our chairs up here. Come on up and have a seat, and let's do a little interview, yeah? Thanks for being with us, Estella. So last night, you guys had an art auction here at the church, and you raised money, and so how'd that go? Yeah, we did. We had folks donate art, so thank you to those who donated your art. Thanks to everyone who came and bid on the art. We raised over $2,700 for the library last night. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what's that, what was that money for? The money was going to be for the title, <laughs> tile on the floor of the library and to set up a little kitchen for the ladies to come and have coffee and read books. But we had a call yesterday from Louise saying we have leaks on the roof of the library and that needs to be repaired soon. So it's going to go towards the roof first. Well, there is a God, isn't there? Yes. So now you have roof repair money. Um, Just so the rain doesn't hit the tile. Or the books. So anyway, it all works. <laughs> Most importantly, so, uh, or the books. Or the books, that's right. Yeah, the books, that'd be expensive, wouldn't it? I forgot about problem. that part. So that's cool. Well, it's All Saints Day. And so, Estella, I want to ask you a question. So um, who is your most inspiring saint or Bible personality or somebody like that? Who do you think of when you think, like, I want to be like that Christian or I think that person really inspires me? Mother Teresa, which I would be too far away to do, be like her, but learning a little bit from her, trying to do as I can. Mother Teresa. Well, you know, um, it's a little known fact, but uh, some of my graduate work, I found some people who actually knew Mother Teresa. And um, everyone thinks of Mother Teresa as this sweet little tiny lady holding the face of lepers in Calcutta, you know, in the ghettos, I mean, the slums of Calcutta. And they think she's this really polite, little sweet person. And the real truth is, is that Mother Teresa was hell on wheels. I mean, she never, there was no word no. You don't tell Mother Teresa no, because you're going to get steamrolled. And it just kind of makes me think about somebody like, maybe just, just south of the border from us, who everyone thinks is really sweet, but doesn't take the word no. I don't know, just a random thought. Um, so, yeah, that would be very inspiring. I could see why you could pick that person. That would be, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, we all the like that. No Not that cannot, I'm judging. The you know. word no cannot be in my vocabulary. Uh, yeah. Well, luckily through translation, you know, we who speak English, you don't understand that word. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Inside language joke. Okay. Um, so, let's see. Um, another question that I have for you. So, churches like Lakeland Community Church, right? Uh, we like to help. And for that matter, 
most American Christians all like to help, and I mean Americans like to help and all that sort of thing. But we tend to go into, I realized this when we brought in uh, Robert Lupton years ago, and he had written a book called Toxic Charity about how helping can hurt sometimes. And he said that most of the time when church, when Christians go into like the inner city and so forth, they go in looking for problems, and then they say, how can we help? And he said, instead, we ought to be going in and asking, hey, what's going right around here, and what assets do you have, and what can be leveraged, you know? So I'm asking you in Anapra, like, what are your assets? What's good going on down there? And what's the bright side of things? All the faith. All the faith that Lakeland brings to all those families down there in Anabra. The hope, the love. Because they, they don't know all of you. You're strangers for them. And they say, a stranger is thinking about me. It's caring about me. It's loving me. Hmm. And that brings so much faith to them and so much hope. Hmm. So that's inspiring for us. Yes. Tell them that that inspires us. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, so they don't know, but, they're, but a stranger's helping them. That's cool. What yeah, think, I've Katie? often found it really interesting when we've done Project with Estella now for 15 years, and there are times when there's really huge asks. So somebody needs a house because they're living in a pallet house, or there's been medical things that have required thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And many of you have stepped up and offered to give in really, really generous ways. And when those things, especially the big ones, happen, there are, it's often for a person you've never met, and... and Estella always calls, and the first thing those people always say is, I cannot believe there's a person in this world who would do something for me when they don't know me, especially something huge, thousands of dollars, and they don't even know me. Uh, that always really moves me to think that person was sitting in their house praying to God, God, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to meet this need. And we get the opportunity to be the answer to prayer. And that always is super humbling to me that we are the answer to somebody's prayer. We are that conduit through which God is working in their life. Yeah, very cool. So... Um I think going to these places, uh, that 2020, like going down to Anapra or China or, for that matter, even down to our own inner city, I think that really shapes people. So when are you guys going again and, and can people We'll come? definitely do a 2019 trip. Um, we stay in the library, so there is no kitchen currently. We'll see how far we can get that $2,700 to stretch. So it's certainly roughing it. I'm not a camper, so to me this seems extreme. Maybe those who camp are like, this is not a big deal, Katie, but for me it seems extreme. We sleep in cots or on the floor in the library itself. So um, we rely on the generosity of our friends in Anapra to bring us burritos for lunch and um, we walk to the store for breakfast that kind of thing so uh, if that's something that sounds interesting to you and God's moving on your heart to see and meet our friends in Anapra uh, if we go I'm going to be honest we're not going to have a project our our project will be our hearts and we'll be going to hear their stories share our stories play a game of Jenga with some kids at the library Um, they have the laborers there who want to do the work and we send the money for them to do that we are there to be in community yeah Uh, I'm totally with you Katie I mean you know we go in and we want to do the work, but yet there are people there who don't have jobs. It's like, just take a few hundred bucks with you, you know, and hire somebody, and then you sit back and drink whatever you drink in Mexico. What do you guys drink? Coke. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That, that, but it's Mexican Coke, so it's better really for good. you. Very much so. It's, it's healthy. It's a health drink. Yes. Um, because it's made with real sugar cane. Real sugar. Yeah. Uh, sure, sure. Okay. What's <laughs> so funny? So, um, okay. So, anyway, just come and hang out with people. That's all you need to do. And I think it'll change you. 
and uh, and bring your children. You take your children, right? We've People taken take our kids, kids since they've been babies. We've gone many, many times with our kids, and it's it's a really, really good thing to me that they get to see that and be part of that and make friends. Like, they have friends in Annapra, and they want to see them when they go down, and they want to play games together and make crafts, and it doesn't feel... Um, like charity. It's our friends that we go to visit. Okay. Well, thank you, Estella, for being with us. It's great of you to come up. You it's know. a pleasure to be always here and play with yeah. your friends. You, you inspire us. It's good. Now, stick around, because right after service, we're going to have some authentic Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So, you'll be, you'll, you'll get it done. You'll see how it's really supposed to be done. So, so. all right. Um, we have prayers in Spanish so, Brandon and Alicia and Anthony, would you come up, please, and lead us in prayer? Vamos a orar. Dios poderoso, te damos gracias por la santa amistad entre Estella, Luis, Brandon, and Katie, la comunidad de Napa, México, y Lakeland Community Church, que nos enseñas a amarnos y servirnos unos a otros, para que tu reino crezca y seas glorificado. Daños todo el coraje que necesitamos para seguirte en nuestra necesidad y en nuestro exceso. Recuérdenos cada día que somos un solo pueblo, tu gente, sin importar nuestro país, nuestra herencia, nuestro idioma o nuestras leyes. Recuérdenos cada día que tu misericordia, oh Señor, es, se extiende hasta los cielos. Tu fidelidad hasta el firmamento. Tu justicia es como los montes de Dios. Tus juicios son como profundo abismo. Tu preservas, oh Señor, al hombre y al animal. Cuán preciosa es, oh Dios, tu misericordia. Por eso los hijos de los hombres se refugian a la sombra de tus alas. Se sacian de los abundantes abundancia de tu casa y les das a beber del río de tus delicias porque en ti está la fuente de la vida en tu luz vemos la luz well it is a feast day in the life of the church and we're celebrating of course this halfway point with 2020 our financial challenge um, very powerful uh, challenge this one is it's going so well and it's doing such good things. And so I just want to encourage you um, to keep on keeping on and to keep the faith and keep working on this thing. So um, let's drive forward and make this thing happen. Here's the heart of All Saints Day. It's from Hebrews chapter 12. This is the core text that the church uses for All Saints Day. And it comes from Hebrews chapter 12. And we'll put it up on the screen for you. Here it goes. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and yet us, let us run with perseverance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who, for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. Everyone, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, those who have gone before us. This great cloud of witnesses 
should quicken our pace, drive us forward, and keep our eyes on the prize, what we are all about as Christians in our time, the one life we've been given. So in case you've forgotten the book of Hebrews in the New Testament or you've never read it, the reason why it starts with therefore is because chapter 11, the author of Hebrews, just gave this long litany of heroes of the faith from the Bible, from the Old Testament. These are people like Noah and Abraham and Moses and Isaac and Joseph and Gideon and Samson, David, Samuel, on and on and on. Some were victorious in battle. Others administered justice and made things right when everything was wrong. Some shut the mouths of lions. Others quenched raging fires and saved people. Some escaped the sword miraculously. But far more, far more the heroes of the faith have been those who have suffered, those who were tortured, refused to compromise, were chained, imprisoned, stoned to death, sawn in two, destitute, persecuted, tormented, wandered in the desert and the mountains, hungry and cold. And all of these in the Old Testament were those who never, ever saw the resurrection of Jesus, but yet they had hope and they pressed forward. That's our inspiration. How many more Hebrews, uh, how many more heroes, heroes, men and women, Christian men and women over the last couple thousand years have kept their eyes on the prize for the kingdom of heaven here on earth? We are the next generation following them. We are the ones who need to press it forward. This very morning, 250 million Christians are persecuted, some imprisoned, some in chains, some tortured, and some put to death. The largest body of persecuted people based on religion in the entire world. 250 million in our modern times. Right now, this morning. And also in our own country, while the anti-humanist and the secular humanist make fun of us for believing in fairy tales or not being on the same page as their great moral agenda that they just came up with, Christians quietly keep doing what they've always done. Think of the Red Cross, Clara Barton. Think of the abolition of slavery, William Wilberforce. Think of those Christian missionaries who began to save women and treat them as human beings instead of property and slaves, which was so common in decades and centuries past. Think of all the Christians who have fed and clothed the poor and the destitute, people like Mother Teresa and on and on and on. So many unknown names who have given so much. And there's you and me who will also go down in that list of no names who did something. Because of something like 2020. My brother, Pastor John Wood, sits this morning in a Chinese jail cell at this very moment. A man who has preached on this platform several times. And now he's in jail. Why is he in jail? Because he tried to overthrow the People's Republic of China? Because he's some sort of, you know, revolutionary? No. He was arrested because he was trying to feed uh, hungry children with no clothes or food on the other side of the Chinese border in Myanmar. Stealing into the country to feed children and educate them. The very people that were in the video, those young people 
that Pastor Jack is training with the Bible, Pastor John took them and sent them to do this work. They let them go, and they, they kept Pastor John. Maybe be worthy of supporting him. Maybe be that kind of Christian, that kind of church, that someday when John stands on this platform again, and I believe he will, that we don't have any reason to say we should have done more. That we fully supported him and the church. We are surrounded by saints, everyone, a great cloud of witnesses. And these saints are all for us. These are the ones who have gone before us. They now are at the right hand of the Father. They are now at the throne of God. And they are cheering you on. They are applauding you. They are yelling for you to press on. Don't relent. Don't get caught up in consumerism. Don't start thinking, yeah, but. It's fourth and inches. And they're cheering like crazy. Moses is for you. St. Francis is for you. Billy Graham is for you. Martin Luther King Jr. is for you. On and on and on. They're all for you. Your saintly grandmother is for you. They know better than us. So run this race set before us with perseverance and with grit and determination. Our task is to financially fund and support people like Estella and, and Pastor Jack and all of the rest of these initiatives. That's our calling. That's our privilege. That's what we've been put on this earth here to do. That's why we have it so good. It's not about you. The gospel came to you on its way to somebody else. It doesn't stop. That's what we're trying to get done. This is how you become famous. It's by becoming a nobody. This is how it gets done. This is what you're trying to get done with your children. Who knows if out of this church, someday there will not be the next Mother Trace or a Billy Graham or Martin Luther King Jr. or St. Francis, on and on and on. Maybe your child or somebody else or one of their friends. And we will all fade to the background. And they do something spectacular in the name of Jesus. A great cloud of witnesses surround us, everyone. I have this letter that I just printed off this morning. It's an email uh, that I got from Pastor Jack in China. And um, I'd only read it once before I walked in the door this morning. But I printed it off real quick and walked out the door. And here's what Pastor Jack says. I miss you all, my dear family. You've not heard uh, my news for a while. Probably you were wondering what happened. I did not write you, not because I forgot uh, or had time to write, but persecution waves keep coming on us one after another. Since the end of August, our regular worship has been harassed by the local P, uh, that's email code for police, and other departments. On September 9th, 2018, we just started our worship, and suddenly there came more than 100 people with different uniforms. Fiercely, they told us we cannot worship at our present building, and we were trying to talk to them, but they didn't listen to us. And a minute later, they started taking away our chairs, books, and everything. And they, um, and everything they think that will relate to worship by force. It's a little chinglish, sorry. Some church members were trying to protect our church property, and they were brutally 
treated or hurt. After they confiscated our property, they banned our worship place. And they did not even give us a list of the confiscated property. This kind of persecution not only happened in my church, but also all over the country at different levels. Terror and fear have caught believers' hearts because the message and the news we received are all about another church being banned or confiscated. Some believers think that our church in my country, that it's gone back to the cultural revolution days when we all uh, had to go underground. We are back underground again. But the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. Now we divide the church into several small groups and meet secretly. There is one in my apartment, and this, that is what I am grateful. Even though it seems like there is no way, but he makes a way for us. Please remember us in all of your talking with the Father. The small group in my apartment is getting bigger, and we are looking for a new home, a new host family to host our small groups. I even installed some soundproof equipment in my apartment in order to keep the worship secret. My mini Bible school is still functioning well. We have five people, four girls, one boy. Some of them are helping me lead worship in the small groups. I do have a prayer request for teachers to teach English uh, or the Bible through Skype or WeChat. Um, And I need your prayers and help and strength and encouragement at this moment. Thank you always uh, for being my support. Um, November is a month full of thanksgiving. I am thankful because you, have, uh, you are in a free country to pray freedom for me in a place that has lots of <clears throat> restrictions. It is so good um, that God made us to know each other. Happy Thanksgiving, Jack, Hannah, and Ethan. I used to read letters like this in Fox's Book of Martyrs, and now I just get them in my inbox. What kind of people are we going to be, everyone? Who are we as a church? We are the kind of church that comes along people like this. This is what we are called to do, and we will not shrink back from it because we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us press this thing. Let us get it done. Let us get it done well.